well, softies. Uh, you know, a few episodes when I talked about doing a fireside chat. Uh, well, that's happening right now. Welcome to Soft Boys Anonymous. I'm Cody Cannon, your host as always. And, uh, this, this is your first time. This will not be your usual Soft Boys Anonymous episode, as it is just me here. I'm just sitting here by myself while I got the doggo with me. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just going to be me. It's going to be kind of chill, or somehow more chill than usual. And I'm just going to talk about a few things, give you a a quick little mini episode this week, because, you know, I didn't have a uh, full episode prepared to be able to come out this week. Uh, actually, I'm actually recording one this weekend. That'll be next week's episode. But, uh, this week's just gonna be something kind of short. Just to make sure you guys have a little something. And if this is your first time, uh, welcome Soft Boys Anonymous. Again, I'm Cody Cannon. This is just a very casual kind of conversation show. You know, me and some of my friends talk about whatever we're interested in. Uh, typically revolves around movies, because that's a lot of what we're interested in, and other entertainment, like TV, and sometimes music, and video games, you know, whatever. I mean, we, we talk about tons of different kinds of things on here. Um, and I will quickly go through just a few things I've been doing, you know, been watching, have interest in, but that probably won't get brought up in another episode. Um, well, first off, I believe this is the 63rd episode of the show. I might be wrong by a number, but I believe this is episode 63 the show. We're getting very close to the lucrative episode 69. And of course... For a show called Soft Voice Anonymous, episode 69, that's, that's like the top, that's the, uh, that, that's the big episode, right? That's, that's bigger than Hot Bass for episode 50, or a 20, or 10, or maybe even 100. I wouldn't say that, but, um. Well, anyways, so this episode 69 is coming. And I was thinking, you know, the show's been going on for a little over a year now. Close to a year and a half. And it's been cool, and somebody is... Oh, that's gotta be a spam call. I get those all the time. Um, so this show's been going on for like a year and a half. And, you know, it's been going great. It's been really good. You know, the audience, the audience, the uh, number of softies out there listening, I appreciate every single one of you. But I think this up, this show is getting to a place where it might be time to wind down a little bit. I'm saying, what what I'm trying to say is, episode 69 will be the last episode of Soft Voids Anonymous. And that that doesn't mean I'm going to give up podcasting forever or be done or whatever. 
you know, there'll probably be another show after another version of this in some way. But Soft Boys Anonymous itself, the show, as it has been for the last year and a half, will be coming to a close. This chapter, if there's even a such thing as a Soft Boy Saga, this chapter of the Soft Boy Saga will end. So, episode 69 will be the last episode of the show. And and with that, that episode's going to be a special episode. You know, I'm going to try to bring in as many people as I can, or at least, you know, select some really good guests to be on there with me to celebrate the show and to celebrate the 69th episode. Um, I was thinking it was, it would be quite fitting for a silly show like this that's called Soft Boys Anonymous to end at 69. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to end at 69 episodes and call it a series right there. So that will be a lot of fun. I'll work on preparing that episode, which will be about six-ish, six or so weeks away. So, yeah, and leading up to that, there will be other great episodes coming out. Uh, The episode I'm recording this weekend... I will be bringing on Joseph Angel, who you guys have heard brought up a few times on this show. He sends in a lot of questions during the Q&As that we do. He's kind enough to bring in a lot of questions to kind of give us some content for that. And we're going to be doing another cinematic universe casting, imagining. Uh, This isn't going to be Cartoon Network or Nick Jr., uh, well, the Nick Jr. Cinematic Universe, we closed that out after three phases. I mean, we had, we led up to our big Infinity War-esque event, so to speak. And that one, there won't be like a phase four or anything to that. That's just a closed book. Cartoon Network, there might be a phase three. I Probably not at this point. I'm going to say that probably won't happen. Uh, maybe, but probably not. So this is actually a different one. And Joseph had the idea to do this. And I was like, sure. And this will be the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. And you grew up with any Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the end of the 50s through the 80s. I believe mostly the 60s was kind of like their... Big heyday, but you know, your Flintstones, Jetsons, Scooby-Doo, Yogi Bear, Top Cat, Huckleberry, Hound, Quick Draw, McGraw, Hong Kong Fui, so on and so forth. Um, I think it's probably okay to say what we're doing right now. I believe we're, we're going to cast a few of them, uh, kind of say... What we maybe do with it. I know Warner Brothers kind of just tried to do a, a Hanna-Barbera universe and it failed. And uh, that movie Scoob, where they put in, uh, I believe it was Captain, no, it was the Blue Falcon. And I believe his dog's name is Dynamut. 
something like that. And they put in Captain Caveman. Had him voiced by Tracy Morgan, which is a very weird casting choice. I I actually haven't seen the movie. But I heard they were trying to pretty much do what they did with The Mummy a few years ago with Tom Cruise. But with Scooby-Doo this time. And just like that movie, uh, this one didn't really succeed that well. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a crack at that. We thought that'd be fun. So that's gonna be next week's episode. Uh, there's a few other things that might be coming between here and episode sixty nine, the finale. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing a Blu-ray episode, like how I did the VHS episode and the DVD episode. Might do one for Blu-ray. So that interests me a lot. Um. Of course, when the Snyder Cut drops, there'll be a big review of that. Uh, maybe maybe a couple other things I can't quite remember right now. But, um, yeah, there's going to be some great fun episodes between now and the finale. And, of course, the finale's going to be awesome. So, let's see. There's a few other things. Just going to talk about, you know, like some things I've been watching, some things I've been doing as we're chatting here uh first off hope you guys are doing all right you're getting through it's been about a year since the pandemic started or at least since we've all really felt it uh, a lot of things happened in the last year hope you guys are doing okay and getting through it all right of course um and we'll all get to see each other very soon as long as we uh keep safe as best we can and, of course, I'm not going to lecture you guys about any of that. You guys already know, you know. Um, good news, I managed to get vaccinated recently. Like, probably the other week now. It's been like two weeks now, I think. Just happened kind of out of nowhere. Where a bunch of people canceled, so I got contacted. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get vaccinated. Uh, in a few weeks, so go back and get the second dose and I'll be 95% safe from COVID. I'll still be wearing my mask and everything. One, because it's law. You, you, you gotta do it. And second, because you know, you, you once you're vaccinated, you're still safe. You're, you're safe from COVID, but you can still spread it. You can still cure it. You can still, like, transfer it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if, if nothing else, it's a way to make everyone else feel comfortable and safe. You know, I'm fine doing whatever I need to do to make everyone feel safe, to make myself safe. I'm completely fine with wearing masks for the next year if I need to. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. People get so worked up over masks. There's no need to. Um, but yeah, in a few weeks I'll get the second dose and be fully vaccinated. That'll be cool. I got the Moderna vaccine. Uh, so if any of you know about the Moderna vaccine, um, maybe not at first, when you first get it, but like by the next day, y your arm is going to be very sore for like at least... A full day, 
probably two days, really. Mine was sore for a couple days. Uh, mainly in the shoulder where they give you the shot. The shot itself, you don't feel it. You just feel like someone lightly mashed on your skin. That's really what you feel. You don't really feel a needle come in or anything. Like when you're flu shot, the flu shot kind of hurts. I don't know. Like that one, that was more like an immediate soreness for me when I got a, last time I got a flu shot. Really felt that with the COVID shot. I didn't, or at least Moderna. I didn't really feel it. Uh, it got kind of lightly sore by the, by the end of the night, but by the next day it was awful. It was so bad. I mean, not like excruciating pain. It was, it was just really sore. That That's all. It was just really sore, you know. Uh, showering was not fun, but again, if that if that's the worst thing you got to deal with, you know that's that's not bad. So uh, maybe some lighter things, some things about entertainment. Move forward a bit. Uh, first things first is Snyder Cut, man. I mean that's that's kind of the hot story, isn't it? Um, I've already said, we, we've we already said on here how it's coming on March 18th on HBO Max. I'll be trying out HBO Max for the next month to go and watch that. As well as Godzilla vs. Kong, which will be coming out around the same time. Excited to see that, however stupid it might be. Uh, the Snyder Cut might be really stupid too. Uh, now put down your pitchforks and torches, Snyder Cut fans. DCEU fans. I'm not here to diss anybody. Um, I believe they just put out another trailer for it. Uh, I got about the same out of it as I did the other trailers. It was just like, hey, it's coming. I'll watch it when it comes out. Looks like there's some different stuff in it. Great. Um, I'm not really that excited for it being nearly four hours because I feel like that's really excessive for any film like three hours plus I think is really excessive a lot of times past two and a half is really excessive of course it depends on the film as well but a lot of times it's like yeah you sure you couldn't have cut out that and that and that and that but no it would be cool to watch and the only thing I got out of the trailer was you know we live in a society. Like, we live in a society. I didn't know that was a meme. I thought everyone was making fun of that because it just sounded silly, which it did. It was a very silly... It's One, is a silly line, and it's a silly delivery. But apparently it was a meme from, like, 2018, definitely 2019 when Joker came out. Because Joker was very much the message of that movie by the end was like, was the whole we live in a society where blah, blah, blah. I think this line, I think this line was like, we live in a, a society where honor is a memory. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Isn't that right? Turns. Batman. And you see, oh, it's the Joker. Ooh, Jared Leto's back again. Uh, it's already better than it was in Suicide Squad. He's not doing a crappy Al Pacino mixed with Jim Carrey impression. There's not, like, 
damaged on his forehead or anything. So it's at least it's at least better. Uh, it's looks a little messy, but yeah, yeah, you know, you know that seems to be the look that's worked for the Joker in the last fifteen years: long hair, messy makeup. Uh, I saw I saw some image where they had where they had Joker and like there's like a barbed wire crown or something on his head. He's in, doing like a Jesus pose. You're like, really? We're getting Joker Jesus now. Like I, I get it, Snyder. Zack Snyder loves his religious allegories and references, and it sort of makes sense because he sees the DC heroes as sort of like gods, gods among men. But he always does it in a way that really just like he's hitting you over the head with it, and like, okay, we get it. Superman's supposed to be Jesus, like. Okay, let's... Alright, we get it. He's Jesus. Um, but then with the Joker, like, I'm I'm a little worried about that. I don't, I don't know what they're going to be doing with the Joker, but, you know... Y- you know, you know, I'm kind of just... I, I do hope it's good. I hope, it, I hope it's at least better than what we got in 2017. I don't think that movie is, like, the worst thing ever, but, like, yeah, it's a dumb movie. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm not going to defend the 2017 Justice League. And it probably won't be that hard to be better than that, but um nah, I just, I just it would just be interesting to watch either way. Uh but yeah, I, like the one thing that's annoying me about the Snyder cut. So this Vanity Fair article came out pretty much like detailing this whole story with the Snyder cut, like how it came to be, some of the drama and reasons for Snyder leaving the original Justice League to begin with. You know, all that stuff. And it's a great article if you want to read it. It's it's online. You, you can read the whole thing. It's it's very interesting. Uh, one thing that caught my attention, I didn't realize this, uh, the Snyder Cut on HBO Max is going to be in 4x3 aspect ratio. So that aspect ratio for the trailers is actually what the movie is going to be. It's not just, like, how they cropped it for social media. Like, no, that's how the movie's going to look. I'm serious. And, uh, I am not happy about that. Like, it's going back to full screen and VHS aspect ratios where they are purposely cutting off some of the image to just give you, like, a square I think that sucks. I think that really sucks. Like, really? You couldn't just put it in widescreen? And the plan, apparently, is to save widescreen for future IMAX screenings. That's right. They're going to put the IMAX... They're going to put the actual ratio of the movie, the aspect ratio of the movie, they're going to put it behind a further paywall farther down the line it's not enough that you paid for HBO Max to watch this movie and to watch it in full yeah you can't just get the aspect ratio now you have to wait until it's safe to go in a movie theater again which it is not safe right now all you people going to movie theaters stop stop doing it you're dumb well you're not dumb but like don't don't do it it's it's 
No. Stay home. Come on. Uh You you can't watch this. You can't watch this Snyder cut fully as it's supposed to be at home. You got to watch it in 4 by 3 like it's one of your old VHS tapes or a full screen DVD from the 2000s on your widescreen television where it's going to look weird. And if you actually want to see the movies, if you want to see the full picture, the full frame in the Snyder Cut, you have to wait for an IMAX screening, which will be probably months and months down the road, if not like next year. You know, when it's actually really safe to go back to a movie theater. When it's actually really safe to go back to a movie theater. So, then you'll have to pay IMAX money to go and see it again. Like, really? You're going to put it behind another paywall? Or make me wait till it comes out on, like, 4K, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray? Like, come on, WB. Fuck you guys. Seriously? Like, why? That's just That just feels so greedy. I get it. You spent an extra $70 million on a movie that initially didn't profit in the box office so I sort of understand them just wanting to make money but like they're gonna make money anyways I I don't see why they need to do this this just feels greedy to me that they wanted to try to squeeze more money out of fanboys later by making us wait till it's an IMAX and make us go see it in IMAX. Like what? That that's ridiculous. I I just don't get it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's gonna bug the crap out of me watching all four hours of that shit in fucking four by three. When I know it's supposed to be in widescreen. You know, like a movie that was originally shot in four by three, I understand that. I understand that. I can go with that. But it's something that I know isn't supposed to be that. And something I know they cropped part of the frame out of. That That's going to bug me the whole time. It's like if you're watching Star Wars in 4x3 or, or anything with a cropped image in 4x3. Or just a cropped image in general, I guess. Imagine, like, putting that on your widescreen TV and, like, setting it to zoom in where everything's going to be stretched and distorted. And you'll probably be cutting more out of the frame. It's just, it seems annoying to me. I don't get why they felt the need to do that. Just to try to make even more money later? And the thing is, I don't think a lot of people know that the actual movie is going to be in 4x3 on HBO Max. So you're going to have all these people buying HBO Max to watch this movie. Which is what Warner Brothers is betting on, right? They're they're selling the service off of the Snyder Cut. That and the new release movies that are coming out this year straight to HBO Max for its first month of release. They're betting on us 
buying or keeping HBO Max to watch the Snyder Cut. But then when we turn it on, we find it's a square image. And we're like, you know, everyone's going to be like, what the hell is this? Just just put it out in widescreen. I don't get it. I don't get why we're doing this. This isn't WandaVision. Like, let's just have it in widescreen. I don't get why we don't need, why we can't do that. So I, I, I feel like it's going to create a lot of frustration and annoyance on the audience's part later. But yeah, I I just think it's stupid. I don't see why it's needed. Um, the last last bit of complaint, you know, there were a lot of interesting uh, tidbits. The Vanity Fair article revealed uh, one bit that it talked about was Snyder's like one thing that the studio said no to for his version of Justice League, the the whole Snyder cut. And that was that Snyder was going to add in a romance between Batman and Lois Lane. And the studio was like, no, you're not doing that. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm going to read like direct quotes from Snyder in this Vanity Fair article. Uh, the intention was that Bruce fell in love with Lois and then realized that the only way to save the world was to bring Superman back to life. So he had this insane conflict because Lois, of course, was still in love with Superman. We had this beautiful speech where Bruce said to Alfred, I never had a life outside the cave. I never imagined a world for me beyond this. But this woman makes me think that if I can get this group of gods together, then my job is done. I can quit. I can stop. And of course, that doesn't work out for him. That's stupid as hell. I'm so glad Warner Brothers said no to that. First off, that's just scummy. Going after your your bro's girl, like right after he dies. Like, that's that's really shitty. Like that, That's really shitty. That's a really shitty thing to do. First off. Uh, it shows, like, that's really shitty. Uh, first off, the line is really bad. And also, first off, we've seen, we've seen this. I guess that would be second after, first thing being, this is a terrible idea. Uh, and it makes Batman kind of a shitty person. Also, uh... Also, we've seen this before with Batman. We've seen this multiple times in Batman movies. Like, we've seen this exact storyline before. Not not exactly with him giving up his romance to bring back Superman. Or bring back someone else from the dead. More so, like, he's willing to give up being Batman for this woman he's fallen for. We've seen that before in the movies. Um... He, do, he doesn't do it in the first movie, or at least in the 1989 Batman, but he definitely does it in Batman Forever with Chase Meridian, the Nicole Kidman character. He's willing to give up being Batman so he can live a happy life with her. 
So we we've seen this before, and we we they they kind of hint at it with Rachel in um, the Nolan movies, like he was willing to do that for her eventually, or that he wanted to do that with her eventually. And I get I guess if uh, Vicky Vale stayed with him after the '89 movie. We probably would have had something similar with that. Like I just I just feel like we've seen that before, and using Lois for that, I think that's kind of really shitty. And it kind of creates this unnecessary love triangle. We, we we just don't need that. That, and for a movie that has so much else going on too, uniting this team of superheroes, half of which hadn't been introduced up to that point. I mean, now we have an Aquaman movie. And the only ones that don't have solo movies now are Flash and Cyborg, and we know the Flash movie's coming. It's still kind of like... We don't know who half these guys are, so you gotta do the work of introducing them, and then bringing everyone together, and having it make sense, and they're building up the villain, or introducing the villain... And building that villain to be effective. Giving them a reason to fight the villain. Giving them a reason to fight. You know, like all this stuff. You're doing so many different things. Interconnecting in so many stories here. Why do we need a further subplot? Or Batman's just like... Trying to get with Lois Lane while Superman's dead. Like, really? That's That's weird. And then that kind of implies that he wants Superman to stay dead, at least at first, so we can get with this girl. Like, that that's lame. That's really shitty. So I'm glad Warner Brothers said no to that. That's a terrible idea. Why Why would you want to do that? So, anyways, Snyder Cut drops March 18th. And uh, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's fun. It'll at least be very interesting to watch. Okay, um, uh, just talk about some things I've been doing lately. Uh, I played all the way through Batman Arkham Knight. I got it free from PlayStation Plus probably months ago. So it's just been sitting on there because I was thinking of finishing it one of these days because when I had an Xbox One, I had the game. But I I didn't finish it before I sold my Xbox to get a PlayStation, PS4, specifically. So uh, I was like, "Well, I've had this game sitting around. Let me let me finish it and play through it." So I played through the um, central story, uh, some of the side stories, but not like all the way through because most of them to me weren't very interesting. Uh, the game to me is kind of trash. I thought it was kind of trash. I I didn't think it was like a bad game. But I didn't think it was particularly good either. And I'm a guy who loved the first two Arkham games. Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. That came out in like 09. I think maybe like 2011, 2012. The second one came out. I loved those games. Playing them on Xbox 360. Back in the day. Those were great games. And... But this game wasn't so great. I wasn't... The story wasn't very good. 
those of you that haven't played the game, uh, it's basically a story of Under the Red Hood, kinda. Except they had it, they put it in mystery, where instead of Red Hood, he's the Arkham Knight. Jason Todd is, if anyone doesn't know. Uh, Jason Todd is the second Robin. After the original Robin, Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing. Batman gets a new Robin uh, named Jason Todd, and he ends up dying in a storyline, I believe, called Death in the Family, where Joker kills him. And there's a story called Under the Red Hood, where Jason Todd actually survived and comes back and tries to kind of get revenge. And he sort of blames Batman for being held captive by the Joker so long, and he feels replaced, and you know, all this stuff. And so Arkham Knight pretty much tells that story. Uh, also, you have Scarecrow as the main villain of the game. And you're trying to deal with him. Uh, I didn't really care for the story half the time. Like, sometimes I, I liked what they were doing. And other times I just wasn't into it. Uh, the main reason I'm not crazy about the game is a lot of the gameplay... Uh, not the stuff they bring back from the first two games. That's all that stuff's fine, you know. Like the combat is fun. All the grappling, where you're using grappling hooks to get around and get up buildings, and um, you can glide with your cape. It, like it's really cool. You feel like Batman. Uh, but like. So they introduce the Batmobile. You get to actually drive and use the Batmobile. Uh, the problem is they go way too overboard with the Batmobile. You feel like you're driving the Batmobile like the whole game. Rather than, you know, being Batman, doing Batman stuff. You're just like riding around the Batmobile. And, and it has like a tank mode. So there's like a lot of missions where it makes you go through these kind of long, tedious missions. Of taking out these tank drones. Where it, it's just it, it gets boring really quick, the controls aren't great, but then there's also um, a lot of driving missions like uh, races and some puzzles as well, where you're just riding around. Uh, these are all like side missions, controlled by the Riddler, where you have to like navigate his. His races, his, his race courses and everything. And uh, that's where you really kind of reveal the problems there. Uh, one, th those missions are tedious and just not fun to do. Second, the driving controls are awful. The turning is atrocious. Everything you do causes the thing to, to weave and to go out of control. Uh, for anyone who's played GTA 4... And knows like the kind of crappy driving in that game with all the weaving and everything, uh, sort of like that. If you just had a booster on the car, which would make it even worse. Which is why I would say the driving in this game is worse than GTA Four. It, it's not good. I don't like it whatsoever. I really hate the driving controls in Arkham Knight and the fact that so much of the game makes you do that. Like, it just really sucks. Really sucks. I'm not a fan. 
of the driving controls at all. Uh, I got so mad. I was thinking like, I was I was just thinking, whoever designed these driving missions on Arkham Knight, they're designed so poorly that I that I actually wanted to beat the guy up, beat up the guy who designed these levels and made the controls the way they were. Because, like, that ruins the whole game. If it wasn't for that, this would be, like, a decent game. Still not, like, amazing like the first two were, but at least, like, fine. But with those driving missions and everything, it goes... It really hampers the game. To the point where I think this game is kind of just, like, mediocre at best. Mediocre average at best. Just not like once I finished the main story and maybe did like another mission or two after. Um, I didn't, I didn't bother to go and complete it or a hundred percent the game or anything. I just looked up the final cutscene online because you have to hundred percent the story, you know, like do the main story and then do all the side missions and everything before getting the final cutscenes. And uh, after watching the final cutscenes, I can tell you with confidence that uh, 100%ing that game would not be worth it whatsoever. That would not have been worth it. Oh my gosh, it's just like a couple minutes. Uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne puts in his Nightfall protocol, which is something else from the comics. Um, basically, he fakes his death and Alfred's death by just like blowing up the Wayne Manor. But then, and then you see that there's another guy who has become like the guardian of Gotham City after him, and it is yeah definitely wouldn't have been worth 100%ing that game at all. I was just not a huge fan. Some people really like the game, and that that's fine. But yeah, that that's the main thing I've been playing lately. You know, a little bit of Call of Duty, a little bit of uh, Apex Legends gotten to play in that a little bit with McGee and our friend Alex playing a little bit of that uh there was something else I was playing on PlayStation but I don't quite remember well I did play a little bit of Rocket League but uh on Switch I think I said last time that I beat Zelda Breath of the Wild on there so kind of moved forward playing some Mario Odyssey trying to get through that game fully. So I got through bits of it, but I never like completed it or anything. So I'm gonna try to do that soon. And I just got yesterday. I just bought Animal Crossing on Switch because I'm really making a conscious effort to try to play Switch more. Because you know it, it's a cool little console. I know it that even with my problems with the console, the the first party games are still, I think, really good. You know, I don't want to be able to play uh, ones I would be interested in on it. Uh, so I got Animal Crossing. I know it's been out for almost a year now, but um, I decided to finally give it a shot. Played a little bit today. It's fun, but um, it's it's something that's probably gonna take a little longer for me to fully get into. But there'll be more of an update for next time. Which I guess will be in a couple of days, so I got some plan to do. <laughs> Give a better opinion of Animal Crossing. But yeah, no, that'll be that'll be fun to do. You know, I'll be down for that. 
And yeah, that's what we've been doing on the game side. Of course, still no plans to get the PS5. First off, you still can't get one because of these bots and scalpers and everything. And of course, don't support them. There was some guy on Instagram who somehow found me and DM'd me trying to sell me a PS5. I knew that guy was a scammer. Like, he swore up and down he wasn't. And I was just like, no. First off, I don't even know you. I'm not going to buy from you. Anyways. Ridiculous. So, uh... Yeah, that's what I've been doing on the gaming side. PS5 will be a long ways down the road. Probably by, like, the first price drop. And then when there's actual enough consoles for people to actually buy it. I know one person that has a PS5. And, uh, that's it. The rest of us are like, hell no, we're not buying that right now. I don't know anyone with Xbox Series X either. Actually, I might know one who might have it, but I've never asked him about it. He might have it. Xbox Series X has been kind of hard to find, too. You know, That one's been mostly out of stock. Oh, wait, everybody can buy the Xbox Series S. Everybody want that? Of course not. <laughs> of course not, I know. Um, and then I guess the last thing to kind of close out this little mini-episode with... Uh, of course, with no one else here. The only other time I get to talk about K-pop fully is when Soul's on the show. So this last part of the show is probably just for her and no one else. If you guys don't care about K-pop, uh, well, bye. It's been fun. It's been a fun, like, 40 minutes with you. It's been a fun, like, 40 minutes with you. But I will talk about some K-pop for a second. Just to say, um... Soul wanted me to do like this uh, tier list of BTS albums. And I realized that there was quite a bit I hadn't listened to or hadn't listened to in a while. So I actually went from like beginning to now, listened through almost pretty much the whole discography of BTS, including the solo albums from RM, uh, J Hope. And Suga, whose solo name is Agus D. And I went through all of those albums, which was a bit extensive and it took a little while for me. But I went through them all so I could do that rank ranking for her and so that I could rank them by albums. I usually don't rank or look at groups specifically by albums, per se. I just kind of look at, like, you know, just, like, all the songs I like. But I did do that with BTS. I listened to everything. Gave a list. Gave a whole ranking for her. Um, I don't remember the full rankings myself. But uh, this will be some hot takes for any armies out there. Uh, Don't kill me. Uh, Don't kill me. Uh, these are just opinions. Of course, I like BTS just as much as everybody else. Of course, I love the group. Very talented. Very, very great. Big fan. But, let's start off with the bad. Uh, the I knew from the beginning that 
Map of the Soul 7 would be at like the very bottom because I remember listening to a good chunk of that album when it came out and I was not into it at all. Listen to it again full way through and uh, yeah, that's still at the bottom. Uh, more tracks I liked than I thought I would have, but that's still like maybe four-ish out of the full thing. Four or five, maybe? Uh, top of my head. Uh, I think I believe it was Black Swan. Uh, I think it's called My Time, which was a uh, which is one that's I think it's just Jungkook on that track. That one was really good. Uh, Ugh, you know, like literally, it just says Ugh, U G H in capital letters, an exclamation mark. Basically, the rap line going off. That one was cool. Like a couple others, but like every other every other song, I wasn't into. Uh, even on, which is like one of the other title tracks of that album. I just think that song's really mediocre. It sounds like it was written with the intent of it being one of those popular songs that you hear play in commercials for uh, sporting events, like the Super Bowl or WrestleMania or something, or something you're here playing on the Today Show. Or, you know, like, something very vanilla and, like, uber mainstream. Like, not not just mainstream in the sense of it's popular enough. Like, mainstream where it's put on all the daytime shows and the sporting events and everything. And you're just over it. And you're just, like, like something kind of bland and vanilla that's supposed to be, like, epic, but it's kind of not. That's how I feel. And there were a lot of other songs in that album that were too rash, but I don't want to get beat up. So, uh, moving on. Uh, there was another one that I thought was kind of low on the list for me. But, um... Well, B is actually pretty low. It was pretty low. I, I didn't hate that album. I liked... That's an album that I think is saved by the two title tracks which were Life Goes On, and you could kind of consider Dynamite on there, but it was released as a single previously a few months prior. But those songs in Disease, I think, saved the album, because the other songs, like Blue and Gray, I think is trash. Uh, Telepathy is I like, it's not great. And the other like two or three songs... Not good. <laughs> I thought they were so bad. I was like, uh, I was disappointed. Nothing disappoints me more than like listening to a mediocre to bad album from an artist I really like or a group I really like. I'll, I'll, I'll you know what? I'll admit this right now. Uh, Twice's last album. Um, what was it called? Eyes Wide Open. That was their, that was only like their second full album. They're a group that usually puts out EPs of like maybe six or so songs. Uh, but they had a full album that was like 13-ish tracks. It was, it was, yeah, it was a full album completely. 
I don't think I didn't like a single song on that album. I thought that album was horrible. And the thing is, like, nothing was, no track was especially bad, but like none of them were good. I think the single uh, was it. I can't stop me. That song is so. That song's a hot mess. That is a hot mess of a song. It's like two or three different things kind of get smushed together. It, it feels like it was made by a committee. It, it feel it felt like a committee pop song, like put together with the intent to try to be the the popular single, I guess. And it it also takes from a lot a lot of groups lately are trying to do what BTS did with Dynamite, which was do like a throwback sound in their single and make it really popular. Plenty other groups have done throwback throwback songs in like the last six months. You wonder why? Because BTS did it with Dynamite, like a Blackpink girl, Blackpink with Lovesick Girls which is another, like, 80s-ish song. Uh, NCT, I believe NCT U had 90s love. I could be wrong. It could be Dream. I get, I get NCT U and NCT Dream kind of confused. NCT is still, like, a big kind of confusing mess for me just because there's so many, and there's, like, four different sub... There's four different groups of NCT including Wavy. So, like, it, it it took a while to try to understand all of that. But, uh, twice, it was just, like, every, every all the other B-sides to me. Up No More isn't that bad. Like, that one's kind of okay, but all the other songs I thought were mediocre to garbage. And it, it, it was all, like, a mall, it, what I call mall pop, which is, like, a song you hear playing in like a air apostle something like bright and poppy and not distinguishable enough to distract from what you're doing in the store but not but not like terrible terrible either just like really forgettable pop that you hear and it's decent decent enough background music for a couple minutes and then when you leave the store you never think of the song again that's what I thought of that whole album and I feel terrible saying that out loud I may even delete this because you know I don't want the fans to come after me and think I'm horrible you know like I am a twice fan uh, I love a lot of their stuff this album I thought was really bad, which is probably why Cry For Me came out, like, right, came out, like, so soon after that album. I don't think there's been another time where, like, right after their their last comeback, they, they put out a new single, like, shortly after like that. They usually wait for the next comeback. But they just, like, surprise dropped this single, Cry For Me. And, I mean, also, I mean, they also have their Japanese comebacks that happen, like, right after. Which the Japanese singles, I think, have saved 
them this year because I think those were the better songs. Fanfare, which was probably my favorite Japanese single, and then Better, which I thought was very good. And then Cry For Me was actually really good, too. That was a good single. I was really into that. Uh, More and More was solid, like earlier last year. But back to BTS. um, The point of bringing up Twice was was more so that I just... It always sucks to get, like, a an album or EP that you, from someone you like and be just incredibly disappointed by it and not, like, that specific album. Uh, but BTS, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just end by saying my favorite ones, which would be Map of Soul Persona, I think is an awesome... It, it's short and sweet at seven. At, I think, seven tracks. Maybe eight. But I think every single one of those songs are great. Every single one of those songs I love. Like, I, there's not a bad song in the bunch for me. Whereas, like, almost every other album, there's usually at least, like, one dud. Or a couple duds where I'm like, meh, I don't like this. But Persona, I, I love every single one of those songs. Uh, there's also... Let's see, I believe it's Love Yourself Her... That had DNA, uh, Mic Drop, Go Go, Pied Piper, a couple others. Maybe one, three, four, three, five. Oh, I get com- the one with <laughs> one with all the numbers. I don't remember the exact title of that one, but uh, I think only like maybe the outro was really bad on that album. But like every other song was great, and that was that was the album where they were kind of crossing over and really hitting in the U.S. So like those were those were big songs for the group, and coming out of that time where they were really crossing over here to the U.S. and globally more so than ever before. Uh, there were some other good albums, you know, like the early stuff's actually really good for the most part. Some of those, like uh, I believe. Uh, Too Cool for School, I think, was their first album. And, like, I didn't I didn't dislike any of those songs. I thought all those songs were good. I, I underestimated how much I liked the early BTS stuff. The first couple albums, Too Cool for School. Um, there's one, Oh, Are You Late? Oh, no, Oh, Are You Late 2. And it's spelled oddly. Um, that one was pretty decent too. Uh, school love affair, where you had boy in love. There was dark and wild that I really like. That has um danger and uh, gosh, what is that other one? War War of Hormone, War of Hormone, or is it War and Horm- Hormone? War of yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, really, I really like the early beat just stuff. And, like, a lot of the rest are kind of in the middle. In terms of the solo stuff, I'll say Agusti, that's my favorite stuff. Suga puts out the best solo stuff out of that. Even better than RM, even better than J-Hope. Even though I liked Hope World and Mono, uh, I really loved both Agusti albums, and I'll gladly listen to more of that. 
that's kind of like a rough listing and you can you can just assume everything else is kind of in the middle oh and love yourself um answer is is the other one i would put like at the very bottom with map of the soul seven because i think well mostly it it combines the previous two love yourself albums which was a her and tear which you know that's good enough but uh on their own those are good enough albums on their own but i'd recommend just getting those instead because like the new songs for that for the full combined album the new tracks that they had garbage 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 <laughs> almost every single one of them garbage especially idol and i hate that song i hate idol I, that's such an annoying song uh, that's that other one um i'm fine that's uh, really lame. Really lame. <laughs> Just not not great. Not great. Not a fan of that one. That that's so I guess if you want any idea of my BDS taste, it, it's like Map of Soul Persona, Love Yourself Her, some of the earlier stuff, mixed in with some other singles like Fire and Run. Run, I think's the most underrated song of theirs. Or at least out of the singles, anyways. But yeah, and, and the last thing I've been listening... Oops, sorry. Uh, the last thing I've been listening to is uh, some Shiny. Uh, they just had a comeback, and it, it's awesome. It's awesome. I really like their comeback single, Don't Call Me. Uh, I think it's a full album they got out now. It's uh, their seventh album. It's I think it's called Don't Call Me. Their seventh full album. Uh, first time they've had a comeback in like three years or almost three years. Like two and a half. I think two and a half to three years. You know, three of their members went to the military and now they're out. So they're all together. They're all together. First time in a few years. And uh, their new their new album's great. I've heard a couple songs off of it. I haven't heard the whole thing yet, but like what I've heard is pretty good. I've been digging that a lot. And I've just been digging shiny stuff in general lately over the past couple months really become a big fan of all of them like really really cool stuff um if anyone wants to know my favorite shiny track it's a uh, sherlock a uh, clue plus note in parentheses because it's, it's kind of like a it's a mashup of both of those songs together and they turn that into the single and uh, i think the first two b-sides are those tracks separately which is very interesting to hear those separately you can you can tell exactly why they matched them up together for a single that's probably my favorite song of theirs i also love lucifer and uh yeah ring ding dong replay juliet uh why so serious one of one you know like they're they're they were an awesome group you know, you guys probably don't know them. You you mainly know BTS and Blackpink twice over here, and you know that that's fine. That's totally fine. But I, I'm just saying this group is awesome too. You should definitely check that out. Um, sort of getting last thing here. Uh, sort of getting some wrestling scratches, some itches. But uh, you know, you know, since the pandemic hit, I have not watched new wrestling like at all. Apart from like maybe a clip shared to me or something I've seen on YouTube, like here and here, here and there, 
because I've been so against the companies continuing to do shows through the pandemic. But, you know, um, you know, I, I've been hearing some things lately. Uh, I'll go and watch every once in a while. I'll be watching some like old matches. I heard the Miz won the WWE championship. That's kind of cool. First time he's had that in like, yeah, in a, in a decade. The first time he's had that in a decade. That's really cool to see. Just because I'm, I was a huge Miz fan. You know, he, he's a great hard worker. I heard Paul White, aka the Big Show, went to AEW. <laughs> Like yesterday, I think I heard that. I was like, what the fuck? All right, that's cool. I'm still not really watching new wrestling right now because I'm still kind of iffy on it. But it, it's one of those things, you know, it's been a year now. I know everyone's kind of just doing the best they can to get through the crisis and everything. It, it's getting to where, you know, like there's no point me being on that soapbox anymore. You know, I, I try not to lecture anybody else about it. It's at a point where it's like, you know, you might, you might as well watch it if you want to. So like, I think eventually I'll start watching it. I've kind of eased off a bit, a little bit. I still don't think it's safe for them to be putting on those shows still. It's, it's a super spreader waiting to happen, but you know... Same thing with NFL and NBA and everyone else. So I, I might like lightly watch some soon. Every every once in a while I turn on the video game. Yeah, that was kind of like the last fleeting thought I had. Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you softies for listening to this little thing here. Hope you all are doing great or as good as you can right now. And of course, reminder to be safe. In every way you can. I know sometimes it's hard to do that. But you know we're all doing our best. And. Of course the show you can follow on Twitter. At Softways Podcast. As well as Instagram. You can. Uh, tweet at us. and Comment. Question. You know whatever. Whatever. Share the show around. Uh, I'm on Twitter. At Cody for Hire. No, no numbers or anything. Just, just letters. Just spell it out directly. You'll find me. And that, that is it. Next week we're gonna have Joseph in here. We're gonna talk some Hanna Barbera, and make a little fun universe out of that. Yes, it is going to be live action CG hybrid instead of animated. So that'll be interesting to imagine the uh, castings we have for that. And, of course, a few other episodes will be coming soon. I'll be trying to get as many previous guests back as I can. And, you know, wrap up the show with episode 69. And that'll be it for Soft Boys, you know. Thank you guys so much for listening this whole time. And for just having a nice time with us. And enjoying each other's company. So, uh, with that, I'm Cody, and uh, to tell you guys, plainly and simply as I can, stay soft.